Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Flos. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting, as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. Today, I want to have a little bit of fun. I fancy myself as a pseudo philosopher of sorts. It's my job to build relationships and have fun discussions. So I thought today would be a really good day to reach out to some of my, some of my very good friends in the industry. We have had conversations like this on the bus and we've always had a good time. So now we're just going to do it on the podcast and, and maybe you guys find it equally interesting. Uh, today, I want to introduce you to Misty Roberts. She is a production coordinator and tour manager. I worked with her on a couple different tours, including uh, James Taylor and as well as Chad Olek. He is a front of house engineer and production manager. And I worked with him on Deftones and a couple other bands. Thank you guys both for being with me today. Well, glad to be here. So, Chad, you're calling in from New England today? Yes, sir. The lovely state uh, of New you, Hampshire. Uh, anybody who can't see, he has a beautiful home theater. It looks like half fishing bungalow, half uh, recording studio. It is, it's a man cave like I've never seen before. <laughs> it's not that nice, but thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. And Misty, you're calling in from L.A.? I Calling in from Los Angeles, uh, deep, deep here in the valley. Um, yeah. Misty and has her own podcast that I have listened to quite a few times and I fully respect. She's very active in mental health in the industry and I love all the things that she's doing to help people out. Can you talk about your podcast for a sec? I would love to. Um, I have a podcast that I started a couple of years ago called Tales from Seat 4A because I get a lot of questions why it's named that. That's my favorite seat on the airplane, which we spend a good chunk of our lives on airplanes. Um, I started it just because I needed some kind of creative outlet. Um, and I wanted somewhere that I could have my friends come and tell some of our ridiculous stories. Because, you know, a lot of people, everybody wants to know what backstage looks like. You know, it's, it's this grand, you know, mystery. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of tear that down a little bit and show that it doesn't, doesn't exactly look like what you think it does. And the things that you think happen back there really don't happen back there. <laughs> not, not in decades anyway. No. No. So, yeah, I started that and, um, you know, done a, quite a few episodes of that. And then when COVID-19 hit, um, I realized that one of the things that I had over the years started to be really vocal about was mental health out on the road. And I needed a way to help our people because 
um, being on the road doesn't necessarily attribute itself to having good mental health in the first place. And when all of that is kind of taken away from you very quickly, it's a very easy hole to fall down. So I wanted to make sure that people felt like they had somewhere to go. So we started a webinar um, called I'm with crew and we had a couple of mental health professionals on with us every week and picked, um, you know, just whatever topic it was that week that kind of felt like it was rising to the surface, I guess. So we did 10 weeks of it. Um, and, you know, at that point, I think we decided that if we did any more, we would just kind of be repeating ourselves and that you could probably go back to one of the other episodes and listen to it. So no. we kind of put a cap on it for a minute and, you know, we have entertained the idea if, if we feel like there's something, you know, relevant that we need to talk about of, of doing more. But for right now, um, I think we covered a lot of ground in 10 weeks. Wow. That's great. That's a resource that a lot of people have, are very fortunate to even have to us because it used to just be people like in uh, the tour management position that would, you'd come to them with problems. They'd be just suck it up. Suck it you up. Know, it's funny that you say that. And I agree. I did a lot of tours where I wasn't in a tour manager position that that was exactly the motto. And it felt really, really nice to, to move into a tour manager position and kind of change that because of my own struggles, you know, to be able to say, this is never going to change unless we talk about it, first of all. So let's start talking mm -hmm. about it. And maybe you can look at some of those people that you think are, like you said, up on the food chain or, you know, people that you view as incredibly, incredibly strong, always working, you know, when they start to talk about the fact that it's not easy on them either, it makes it a little bit easier. And my office definitely became a, a revolving door of come to come and sit with me for 15 minutes. Let's just, you know, oh, let's just man. word vomit it up and get it out. And, you know, <laughs> most of the time that kind of makes you feel a little bit better. Just, just that alone. Man, that is a whole nother aspect to an already tough position that you guys have. Yeah. Chad, do you offer the same? Do you offer mental mental support in your office? Obviously, not as out outwardly as uh, as Misty does. I, I, but I have no problem with like if someone in my crew has a problem, then I I definitely want to hear about it, and I'll do what I can to help. You know, Open I'm door. not a, I'm not a trained therapist, but I know how to have a drink with somebody <laughs> and, and, and sit and listen. You know, and, and I say the same thing. I'm always like, I'm not a trained therapist, but I've gone through a lot of shit in my days. And, you know, I, mm -hmm. I can at least let you know that you're not alone going through it. You know, yep. even if it's something I haven't gone through, I can help you find some resources to help you if I can't help you. Yeah. And, and I, I think a lot of times people in our position, just <clears throat> a lot of times people in our position, just uh, because we're not necessarily involved in whatever that problem is, we might have a slightly clearer outlook of, of how big an issue it really might be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting when we come back and what that's going to look like. Um, I, I've kind of floated the idea to some people about a new role on tour of having someone that is just that person to help with resources because yeah. I think we're going to have an entire industry of people coming back that have some PTSD um, that are going to be in financial dire straits, uh, people with health problems and no health insurance. Um, so 
I don't, I don't necessarily think that all of that can fall on a tour manager or production manager because and I nor, think nor should have, it really. Yeah. They're going to have a whole nother role, uh, you know, a whole nother like list of new duties of, you know, temperature checks, making sure no one on the buses are sick. How do we get in and out? They're not going to have time to deal with the actual emotional part of it. So I, um, I think it would be a really interesting idea to, you know, not necessarily an HR person, but something, mm -hmm. someone that could actually help people find those resources and, and help them through this. Like a professional bus mom. Yeah, right? Yeah. Cool. That is, that is a great segue into the, the heart and, and, the, and the meat of what we're going to talk about today. So the idea here today is we're going to actually pro propose different hypothetical situations to two different production manager, tour manager. Uh, both of these people on the podcast they are people that I consider the top of my food chain from where I'm at sitting out at front of house. And uh, both of these people are in charge of hiring, firing, coordinating, managing logistics. And I don't know if a lot of people realize what thought processes and what decision-making has to go into a tour. So a lot of times I'm at a front of house and I'll just get a thing saying, hey, so-and-so got fired and uh, we're not going to talk about it. And that's all you get to know. But uh, there's also, there's all too often a, a much larger uh, iceberg below the water that goes along with those decisions. So today I'm going to kind of reach out to you guys both and uh, we're going to go over some hypothetical situations and we'll see how you would respond. So if you guys are ready, I would I'd love to just hop into the first situation. Let's do it. Okay, here is situation number one. And this may or may not be a hypothetical situation that has happened on a tour. Uh, a 45-year-old male who has worked with you in the past and who works for a lighting vendor keeps saying inappropriate things like, I think you smell great in the morning to the 24-year-old wardrobe assistant who is female on the bus. He has never said anything at work or touched her, but it makes her very uncomfortable. One night at the bar, he asks her if she would like to go back to the bus with several members of the crew, but she refused and says she's just going to go back to the hotel room. He gets upset and calls her a wet blanket. Uh, very nasty. She comes to the production coordinator a second time to complain. What are your options? And we'll start with Misty on this one. Well, my first question is what happened the first time? Um, did anyone sit down and talk with him about these behaviors? Um, I find very, very often on tour that, you know, the, the first warning sign that goes up gets ignored. Um, it, it just gets brushed under the rug of that's our industry. That's how we've always done it. Don't worry about it. You know, he's, he's just an old veteran guy and that's how they did it back in the day, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'd be very interested to know if when she went to the production coordinator or the production assistant or coordinator the first time around, um, where that went and okay, if it's uh, in this hypothetical situation, you just answered your your own question. That's exactly what happened the first time. It got brushed under the rug the first time. So now she's in the, the production office the second time. Um, well, at that point, then uh, for me, that's it's time to call that guy in and sit him down and. 
you know, I, I would probably just start with, <clears throat> do you even realize that you're making her uncomfortable? Because there are a lot of scenarios that, you know, it, not that we as women are out on the road to teach and hold hands and show, show men how to be <laughs> respectful, but I will say that there are a lot of scenarios that men don't necessarily realize that they're offending someone or that they're making someone uncomfortable and they need to be made aware of that. You know, it's, there are different trains of thought, you know, let's say that this guy's old school Southern and he, he thinks that those things are compliments. You know, you smell really good in the morning. You know, he, to him, that's like looking at her like, you know, his, like, daughter. Oh, you you, you cute little old thing, you. You know, and don't necessarily realize that, it, you know, for a younger generation, it's taken differently. And mm -hmm. after that, I would have the conversation of, you know, it, is he up for learning to work with the younger generation? You know, okay. it all also kind of depends upon someone's mindset. Like if he's very set in his ways, then I think my answer is maybe this isn't the place for you. If he's open to saying, you know, I didn't even have any idea that that was offensive. I didn't, I didn't know that that bothered her. I would like to apologize because I would never want to make her feel uncomfortable. Then I think that opens okay. up a very different conversation. Um, but okay. I also have no problem if somebody's that close-minded and wants to put their feet in the mud and just sink down and go, no, I'm not going to change, then you know what? Mm, maybe depending upon the vibe of this tour, this isn't the place for you. Okay. Would you bring them in together to have that conversation? Or would you rely on them to do it themselves? Um, I think I would bring them in together a little bit later to have that conversation. You know, I, I okay. think I would want to give him a, a few minutes to think about what it is that he really does want to say to her. I don't want him to just regurgitate what I said to him. <laughs> I want him to do it on his own. You know, that, that's a true learning moment of knowing, you know, he was able to put his own words to it. But I definitely would not let it because it, it is an HR and a a legal problem. So I'm not going to let that just go on its own and see how it goes. Right. Um, something that I would probably monitor fairly closely and I'd check in with her and make sure that she was still feeling okay after it was over with. And okay. you know, it, it it's a learning moment for both parties there, you know, because okay. I'm sure yeah. it was hard for her to come into the office and say anything about it. So she had to learn a little bit about herself to do that too. Yeah. Chad, how do you, uh, are we in agreement here? Is that, oh, yeah. what, what do you think after the first time, would you have brushed it under the rug as well? Uh, after, uh, so the second time, would I have brushed it under the rug? No, 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 no. I, I mean. The first time, the first time, well, sorry, no, no, I'm so, going to back up just a bit. <laughs> so the first time she comes in to explain that she feels uncomfortable, what's your, in this hypothetical situation, somebody brushed it under the rug. Do you agree that that's what would probably happen the first time? Not if it was brought to my attention now. I mean, it, it's possible Ooh. that if it went to, if, if it went to a production coordinator and they didn't tell me, then okay. possibly, you know, I mean, I'm not sure, but if it came to me, then no. Uh, and I'm actually a little more of an asshole than Misty is about this <laughs> because I would have told him to stop being a scumbag and this is his one chance. And wow. then, then the next time he said anything, he'd go home. Uh, and and my, one of my lines of thought on this is you, you specify that it's a vendor, which makes it a lot easier to replace 
anybody right. that's a you know and not that vendors aren't worthy of you know the same as the core crew people but it's a lot harder to get rid of a core crew person than it is a vendor person okay uh, i mean you almost i mean realistically uh, uh, misty tell me if you think i'm wrong but I, I i think a vendor person can be replaced just because you don't like the pants they wore that day you know like you can pretty much do it for any reason i agree that that's how we do it i don't agree that that's always right fair enough yeah but i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, it, it doesn't take much of an excuse to swap out a, 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 a vendor personnel. Uh, I will say definitely, Chad, I agree with you. Like, if after this discussion happens, it happens again, yeah, he's gone. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you the one chance to, to yeah, to, to, to right your wrong and to, you know, not be a scumbag. And, and then the next time, okay. you, you know, you, you'll be taken. If I can put you on a Greyhound, I'll put you on a Greyhound. Okay. So let's get to what Misty was saying. Let's say he goes to you and says, Chad, I didn't, I didn't know. I just, I was trying to be Southern polite. Sure. And I, I, I thought that I was being very nice. And then, and then it happened again. Oh, then I you're also yeah. thought I was trying to be polite. Yeah. You were warned. Yeah. You were okay. warned. I, I, figure it out. You know, fix yeah. your behavior. Yeah. It's really that yeah. simple these days. And, yeah. And, you're and, an adult. You're in a professional setting. Figure it out for yourself. Yeah, and for it's me, for twenty. Never fly anywhere else in any other industry. No, and, and for me, twenty years. I mean, I'm not like this grizzled old veteran. I've been doing this twenty years. Not you know, which is a long time for some, but not a long time for others. But I've been in the industry long enough to see somewhat what it was like before. Not you know, not the full raging eighties, but uh, mm -hmm. but you know, I was there for the the late nineties. And, uh, you know, the industry has changed somewhat, you know, maybe not enough, maybe too much, depending on what area you're trying to step in. But, uh, mm -hmm. but overall, something like that, it just can't be tolerated. We had an instance where uh, on a tour, uh, I'll leave the artist and the particular vendor discipline out of it, but we had a, uh, uh, one of the vendor staff uh, grab uh, one of our females on one of the buses, uh, and playfully, but, you know, grab her rear end, you know, more of a pat really, but you know, not knowing this person, it definitely wasn't in a sexual manner, but mm -hmm. it, it was, and he was sent home later that afternoon. There, yeah. was, there, there wasn't even a talk or a second chance. It was, you're, there, there's a plane ticket waiting for you. Grab a cab, go to the airport. Yeah. We're uh, when it comes to touching, it's a one strike and you're out, especially for vendors. Now it's, it's a, well, I mean, I think even for a core crew. Yeah. Sorry for touching uh, yeah. for anybody. Touching is uh, one strike and you're out. Yeah. I, I mean, Especially, I mean, this was in front of a bunch of people. It wasn't, mm. you know, with the he said, she said, maybe you have to dive in a little deeper. I don't know. Yeah. You know, that, that's never happened to me. So I don't honestly know exactly how I'd handle it. Uh, well, with the vendor, I know how I would. With the core crew, I, I would have to dive in deeper a little bit. Uh, but for something so like let that. Me ask, let me ask you a question. Um, do you ever follow up with the vendors to see what they're disciplinary? I did, I, for, I, I did for I did for that one. Yeah, I did for that one, and he was let go. Of, he was let go. Yeah, I am. Um, I want to make sure that we're not. You know, when we send these vendors home for things like that, that we're not just sending them back out on a different tour. No. Yeah. I mean, I send them home with 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 the words of like, hey, this is what happened, and you know, I definitely don't want to ever see this person again on any tour I'm part of. Right. You know, I, I can't yeah. control who you hire yeah. and fire, but I don't ever want to see this person. Yeah. Yeah, make a note in his permanent file. Right. No more Chad tours. Yeah, and, and make I've, a note in his permanent file. Hey, when we do our next sexual harassment training, this guy needs to be in attendance and needs to sign off on it. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, we need to start actually not band-aiding the problems. We need to start actually solving them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't force a vendor to fire somebody, but I can, you know, obviously apply some pressure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a great point that you're not sweeping it under the rug in that point, in that situation, yeah. you're actually saying, no, this is a problem and you guys need to sw- fix it if you want yeah. him to be uh, touring again. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot, I mean, we all off of our tour. doesn't mean that he's not going to go and do the same thing on another tour. Right. Well, we all know each other. Right. I mean, like I mean, Misty and I have never met in person. I don't think. But I but think we, we've been Facebook friends for like, I don't know, 15 years. <laughs> yeah, well, and, 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 and uh, we, we work for some of the same people in the past. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've got a lot of mutual friends and I have no problem. Like if I, if I hear, Oh, well, this person's got on a James Taylor, I'd be like, Hey, Misty, just a heads up, watch out for this. You know, I don't know if you want to, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to preempt it or if you want to see if things have changed or whatever, but just so you know, this is what happened for me. I've seen out plenty of warning. Cool. Oh, I do that all, all the time. And I do it for core crew people too. I've, I've definitely mm-hmm. sent people emails like, Hey, that guitar tech or that monitor engineer, yeah. that lighting person, whatever, like, I had some big issues with maybe it'll be fine for you, but here's what I ran across. All right, cool. Sounds like we're pretty close there. It sounds like uh, that guy's on thin ice and, uh, and razor thin with <laughs> razor thin with Chad there. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the ice is already cracked. He's, <laughs> he's definitely, he's definitely sliding in. All right. Situation number two, the lead rigger, who works as a freelancer employed by the tour stays up very late on school nights drinking. He goes to bed around 4 a.m. and shows up to work bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. It's like it's like he got a full 10 hours sleep and he's ready to go back to work at 8 a.m. for rigging call. He does a great job. He gets all his points done in a timely manner. However, the crew often complains that he reeks of vodka and says inappropriate things to the local crew. He yells a lot, but not in a mean way, they say. The rigging assistant complains that he is that he's the one doing all the work, but the lead rigger disagrees and shows that he is always awake and ready to work on time. Do you do you keep on the lead rigger? And we'll start with Chad on this one. Uh, I mean, for me, there's a lot of different pieces to this particular puzzle. Um, I agree. The, uh, you know... I, Go to bed at four, wake up, and you're, you're conscious. That's fine. I, I, you know, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Everybody has different amounts of sleep. Plus, we all know riggers can sleep about half the afternoon away anyway once mm-hmm. their points are up. Um, so I, that part doesn't concern me. A- and inappropriate things to the local crew, I, I would I would want to know what they said, what was said. Okay. You know, like how how is it inappropriate? Was it sexually inappropriate? Was he just being an asshole? Like what, you know, what level of inappropriate are we talking here? Okay. Um, as for who's doing the job as the production manager, I should know who's, I should already know the answer to that question. I should have been out on the floor walking around. I should know which one of those two is telling the truth. You know, I, I, I'm not present for every point that's ever chalked, but I am out on the floor quite a bit during the chalk. So I have a fair idea of who's doing what. Okay. Um, the smelling like vodka thing is the thing that concerns me most out of all of this. Right. Um, I would, you know, is, is he just a person that, you know, did he have a bunch of drinks the night before and he just doesn't, 
doesn't have, you know, there's, there's a hygiene problem, you know, or, or is it that he was drinking till four or five in the morning and got up we've at seven? That guy. <laughs> we've all had that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I mean, Christ, it's probably been a tour too. I've been that guy, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, is, is there, is there, is he actually intoxicated at the time he's doing his job or not? And out of all of those problems, like him yelling, but not in a mean way, that doesn't, bother me just happens yeah doesn't bother me in the least um the 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 alcohol part is what bothers me especially because he's a rigger Mm -hmm. uh you know and and on my on several of my last tours the rigger literally has my artist's life in their hands right so i would that's the part i would delve into uh the rest of it i would see whether he was lying or not about who's doing the work if he wasn't doing the work then no i that would be another topic but if he if, if okay. he's indeed if he's indeed intoxicated then he's going home uh immediately there's not a second chance on that there's not okay there's not a warning shot like if you're drunk on the job and especially if you're the rigger you are going home okay so obviously you don't carry a breathalyzer with you no but i mean it's not a terrible idea you know one of those little pocket ones yeah so Let's say he goes to work. He, he's, let's say he's drinking until three in the morning, gets five hours of sleep, and then he's one of those high-functioning, 8 a.m., wide awake, ready to meet the day. Is, does he feel drunk? Probably not. Is he? That's, a, that's something that you would have to go with a breathalyzer. breathalyzer. Well, I mean, but in lieu of a breathalyzer, the math is fairly simple on it. True. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not going to be foolproof, but you'll have a good idea. You know, most people can consume two, two ounces of alcohol the first hour and one ounce each hour after that and be legally sober to operate a vehicle. Right. You know? So if we, use, if we use that as the standard for sobriety, which for rigging, it should be much tighter, but let's use something that's a, a you know, an actual legal measure right now. Okay. Uh, you know, so if he had six ounces of alcohol between midnight and three, he would be legally sober, if the math in my head that I just did really quick, mm-hmm. uh, by 8 a.m. You know. Okay. Is, is that still right? Should he, he, would, he would still get talked to by me. Okay. But, but fired, I don't know. I, 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 would have to, I would have to really like observe it a little more and do like a little deeper digging into uh, what exactly okay. was going on. So minus a breathalyzer, this is almost completely a gut instinct decision here. This is something that is it relies on you to decide. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a huge decision. <laughs> What's that? What's that? What's that? My gut says fire him. I, I mean, I, like I see to me, safety first, no matter what. And if you're up until four in the morning drinking and we have a load in where you're hanging fucking steel from the ceiling at 6 a.m. No. I, like, I'm not even going to do the math on that. Um, I'm going to sit you down and look at you and go, can you stop drinking? If not, then you need to go home. Because I'm not going to put my artist, my show, I'm not even going to put the locals that are on the floor helping at risk of the one time that this guy, even though he's legally not drunk, he hasn't had enough sleep which is a whole different issue of what we I, I was great. That, that's why I didn't bring the sleep, the sleep thing. I was like, I, the 4am thing doesn't bother me. And he does okay. have alcohol in his system. And you know, it, I understand the entire going back to the bus and 
oh, I need to decompress or whatever. You know what? Eat a piece of pizza, grab a bottle of water and go to bed because you've got work tomorrow. Or, or do what, the, if you have a day off, you have or, work in four hours or three hours. Or do what the responsible person would do that drinks and have a drink or two and go to bed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. If you need to take it to the excess, um, I, I just, I, and maybe I'm a little bit more hardcore about that because I'm not a huge drinker and I'm also not a, I can go, literally walk on the bus and go straight to my bunk and go to sleep. I don't have that adrenaline of loadout and whatever. So my viewpoint is a little bit different of it, but uh, yeah. And I, I I don't have time to drink after the show really, you know, I mean, by the time I get on the bus, it's 2 AM and you know, and I'm ready to go to sleep that that I have to be up in four hours and I don't have physically nearly the amount of safety concerns for myself as I would with a rigor. And I mean, I guess I also have the the other part of that, Chris. You know, he's yelling at people, not in a mean way. What the fuck does that mean? Like, are you an asshole or are you not an asshole? You know, like, treat everyone with respect. I don't give a shit if it's, you know, the lighting stagehand number six. I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm so tired of this mentality of, we're going to come in and it's our building and it's our floor and we're going to do whatever. And I can treat you however I want. Like be a good person. I know you're tired. We're all tired. Guess what? Those guys are probably tired too. They may have just Mm -hmm. done three shows in a row as the local stagehands. You don't know. You have no idea. So like that, I mean, that part of it, I would have a discussion and be like, Hey, I have to tell you, I'm not too impressed with your treatment of, of the locals. And that needs to change. Um, if that were separated from the whole drinking, not sleeping, because I feel like when you combine those things, your behavior is even worse. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and you're hungover or, you know, still maybe a little drunk. Yeah. You're going to be even more of an asshole. I mean, yeah, if all those issues are at one time, I I mean, I think you're done almost maybe on the spot, but real close to on the spot. Yeah, And I mean, honestly, like as a TM, I would defer to, you know, someone, like Chad and say with the work part of it, you tell me what you've observed. Cause he's right. He would know. Mm-hmm. I, sh- I should anyway. Should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And as far as the yelling goes, is he yelling at them? Is he just a yeller? Is he just like, I need steel over here, you know, or is he yelling, Hey, you idiot. You know, like right. what, what kind of a yeller you're selling? You're, the way I look at it is when you said he's not, you know, uh, how, how did you phrase it? I can't remember how not you said it. Not in a mean way. He's not yelling in a mean way. <clears throat> so it's to me, so ambiguous with, with Briggers because they're they're always yelling. Right. And that's why, so I mean, to me. Really? Yeah. Well, Ken Mitchell. Oh, I got, I, you know Ken Mitchell right now. Tim Cruz, who I had for a while. Tim does, Tim's not a yeller either. Art. I can't think of his last name offhand, but his first name's Art. I had him on a few tours and he's docile and calm and rational. You know, Doc- I don't know if I want docile as a rigger. I want somewhere in between docile and angry for well, a rigger. <laughs> well, what's really interesting is that he <coughs> brings someone as his assistant that's not docile. So he's the like Ooh. very calm, whatever. Good cop, bad cop. The, the get shit done guy is generally his assistant. And it's a really yeah. good mix. It yeah, works good cop, him. bad cop. I mean, that, yeah. that works That yeah. works generally in every field. Yeah. <coughs> Um, yeah, I mean, for me, if he's yelling at people, or is he yelling at people, or is he yelling just as, is that just how he yeah, just he's yells? Just yelling out to get his job, because <clears throat> he, like, 
you know, he's yelling at the guy across the floor, then that's different. But if he's yelling at people, like, come on, man. That shit's old. It's tired. Cool. It sounds like uh, we're all on team (laughs) yell only if you have to. (laughs) Uh, This did bring up an interesting topic, though. Do you, as a TM or you as a production coordinator, do you have the ability to make it a no drinking tour? Could you come on the bus and say, hey, on school nights, no drinking? As a tour manager? It's something I would need to discuss with management, but absolutely. Yeah. It has to go through okay. management get, of the artist. Yeah, if okay. I get their seal of approval, I've actually been <coughs> on a couple of tours that were like that. All right, and you can and say, was, was on school nights. <laughs> uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine that it, it extends to days off unless there's extreme, circun- extreme circun- circumcision. circumstances. Yeah, Circumcisions, yes. Circumcisions. <laughs> um, no, they can. I mean, they're free to do whatever the fuck they want on their days off. But right. I mean, the way we handled it, we're not putting booze on your bus. Okay. Like we're we're not supplying you booze. We're not buying you booze on school nights. We're just not doing it. Got it. I, and I've been on tours like that too, where they won't buy booze. But they also said we're not buying it. If you buy it, you're an adult. That's your you know that's your thing. They we weren't. Went, they, yeah. Yeah, we went as far as saying we won't send the runners out for it. Like if you yep, want to go it. take an Uber, if your booze is that important to you that in the middle of the day, instead of your nap, you're going to go take an Uber and buy a, you know, bottle of Jack. Then maybe that's another discussion we need to have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Let's take it to the next situation. Then we'll switch it from booze to something different. In this situation, the third situation, the stage left PA tech works for a vendor. She claims that she has a medical marijuana card in New Mexico. She needs weed to function because without it, she has chronic back pain. The promoter at the local venue in Texas where marijuana is illegal complains that your PA tech smells like weed and doesn't want her on the gig if she is going to be hanging things above people's head. The PA tech claims that that is discrimination and refuses to leave her gig. Do you keep her on? And we'll start with Misty on this one. That's an interesting one. Um, That's a tough one. I think in the in the interest of everyone involved, local promoter, local stagehands, our team, their team. First of all, I'd need to know what what point in the day that this is happening. Um, <laughs> that, would, that would be a good start. Um, I think I would go and have the conversation with her and and just say, so here's what's going to happen. I understand you have a medical marijuana card and I understand that you have chronic pain and you are in a state that it's illegal today. So you have two options. You can stop smoking weed the rest of the day and do your job or you can go to the bus and maybe we're not going to pay you for today. I'm not sure. But in the interest of everyone involved to keep the peace and the fact that it is illegal in that state, I, I think that she goes to the bus and, and isn't there that day. And I know that that sucks for everyone else on her crew that has to step up. But, um, I mean, you have to abide by the legal, the laws in every, you know, individual place that you're at. We, we don't just get to go, oh, it's a big traveling circus. We get to do whatever we want just because we say, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, it doesn't work that way. I mean, I've, I've had the situation, you know, when we became legal initially in Colorado. I remember going Mm -hmm. in and 
you know, the first thing in the morning, meeting my runners, and all three of them were just baked out of their minds at 7 a.m. And I literally had to look at all three of them, and I had to go to the promoter and say, I need all three of them to go home. I can't be responsible for them driving my band from the hotel here later in the day. I can't, like, I understand it's legal here, but drinking is also legal. You don't get to do that when you're on your way to work, <laughs> you know? Right. So it's... <sighs> It's an ever-changing thing with, you know, we becoming legal in so many different places now and whatever. It's definitely something that I've been, like, keeping my eye on a lot more often of where it's legal, where it's not, you know, what. But I would say if, if the local says it's not legal here and she, it's very known knowledge that she has a card and she needs, thinks that she needs to smoke it all day, every day. Well, go to the bus. I mean, I'm not going to fire her for that because of that state's laws right. <laughs> for that one day. But I am, I think, going to pull her from the floor. Okay. But she says, like, no, this is my medicine. Cool. How is it different you from Tylenol? I'm giving you two really good options. I'm giving you alternatives. Okay. And I'm trying to find a solution. What you're doing is digging your heels in the ground. And if that's what you want to do, then maybe it's your decision to go home. Okay. You know, I, I think that when you give someone a couple of different options, like I'm not saying you can't smoke weed and I'm not saying that I want you in pain today. Just go to the bus and do it and stay okay. there. I just don't want you on the floor. So now the stage right PA tech is going to have to come over and do her job that day. And that's a conversation they're going to have to have. Okay. It, it's, it's not legal. That, I mean, the end of that conversation is you're in Texas and it's illegal. Okay. And it may be your medicine. And that's an argument that is way further bigger than our production office. That That is a whole, you know, argument that's been being had for a very long time. How that okay. works state to state. It's, that one is beyond me. And You're not stepping into weed rights that day. Yeah, it's not something that's settled that, you know, that I'm going to be able to settle. I'm okay. not the end all be all answer on that. Got it. Chad, uh, I think Misty did pretty good there. What do you think? Uh, again, I, I think I'm a bigger asshole because um, uh, for me, I, I don't want to have anybody taking any kind of drug or drinking from the time the truck from the time they wake up to the time the truck doors close. Card or not, it is still federally illegal. I don't care what state you're right. in. Federal law always supersedes state law, so it mm -hmm. is federally illegal. So you don't really have a discriminatory ground to stand on. You know, I mean, again, I'm not a lawyer, stayed in plenty of Holiday and Expresses, but <laughs> Civics 101 tells me federal law trumps state law every single time. You know, okay. so uh, she shouldn't have been smoking to begin with. Um, if that was the first I'd heard of it, which, again, hopefully I knew better. Hopefully, you know, hopefully I've done my job and I've been around these people while they're working and know what they do and don't do. If, if it was something that she was already on the tour and let's, for the sake of argument, say that that wasn't my policy uh, and the promoter came up and said that to me, then she, I don't know if I would send her to the bus, but I would definitely get her out of flying the PA. Okay. Uh, maybe wrapping cables, running cable, something not involving that kind of safety. You're running the floor package today. Something. something. I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, for, for the specific that you're- It's a really good alternative, actually. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, for the specific that you're talking about, that's where I'd go. But in reality, my rule is no drugs or alcohol from the time you wake up to the time the truck door closes. So, Ooh, again, I, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bit, I'm a bit harsher. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, yeah, and you know, I mean, my personal beliefs don't play into this at all. I don't, give a, I don't give a shit what you do on your own time. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, I, I don't know if it was on air or off air, but I am a fairly libertarian in my thought, and you know, if it doesn't harm me, uh, I'm not too concerned about it. You know, so do what you want in your time, but this is this is not your time. Okay. Then when the tour leaves Texas and goes back to New Mexico where it's state legal, does your policy change based on the letter of the law there? My personal policy does not. It's still federally illegal. It's still a federal crime. Got it. Okay. Cool. You're a, you're a statist in that regard. You're following the, the federal law there. I, I'm a constitutionalist. I love that document. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Constitution mentions weed. California we liberals, so I'm going to try and sit down with somebody <laughs> and try and figure out how to make it work for everyone. <laughs> well, and, I, and I, again, in, in 20 years, I've never had this be an issue. So, yeah. Okay. It, cool. you know, could it be? Of course. It could come I, up on cool. the next I door. actually have. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. I've never had, yeah, I've never had that. I've had that issue in foreign countries, you know, where it becomes very, very sketchy, you know, depending on what country you're in. Yes. Up in here in Canada, we're in a really weird place where it's legal on this side of the border. It's legal in Michigan, but you cannot go across the border because of the federal (coughs) illegality. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't I mean, matter what medical card you have. It uh, You can have a medical card in Ontario and a medical card in Michigan, and still you're going to get busted for it at the border. Yeah. It's a federal Sing- border. Go to Singapore, Thailand, Japan. You know, yeah. like, Can't even well, chew gum in Singapore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you definitely want to you know, sort who your crew people are before you hit that part. Yeah. Your yeah. PA tech's going to have chronic back pain <laughs> for that, <laughs> for that yeah. leg of the tour. <laughs> yep. Take, take two. All hours. right. Uh, let's say, let's move on then. We'll get out of the drug realm <laughs> and we'll go to the fourth situation. The stage left guitar tech who works directly for the band keeps talking to the rest of the crew about his per diem. He says that he got double the per diem on his last tour and he's trying to rally a strike in order to get the rest of the crew to demand a per diem increase. He has started mentioning it even on Facebook. He is adding the entire crew on Facebook and keeps pestering them to help his cause. What are your options? And we're going to start with Misty. I lost track. I think we're going to start with Misty on this one. This time. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to print off his NDA that he signed at the beginning of the tour. And I'm going to show it to him and say, can you explain to me why you're posting on Facebook about the intricacies of this tour financially? Um, and then I'm going to highlight in, you know, a red block around it with some big old yellow highlighter, the amount of money that he could be sued for, for violating his NDA about what's happening on this tour. A lot of NDAs now are not what they were 10 years ago, where it was like, don't talk about the artist. Now it's a lot more inclusive of, you know, you're, you're not to talk about things like your financial situation on that tour um in a public forum like that my next point to him is going to be you agreed to this when i hired you these Mm -hmm. things were put into either an email a deal memo you know whatever a contract employment contract whatever you know across the board how whatever management decides that they want to use for that employee 
you agreed to this. Your signature is on this. My signature mm -hmm. is on this. Management signature is on this. If you had a problem with this, why was it not brought up when you were negotiating your deal? Mm -hmm. P.S. The, the matter of a difference of like, what, $15 that you're asking for or whatever, is it really going to be worth it for you to lose this gig? Because I, I don't think it is. When you have the opportunity already to negotiate this, um, we pretty much have an industry standard of per diem. You know, so, I mean, it ranges, of course, but for the most part, it's within $10, $15 one way or the other. Uh, this one actually makes me angry. <laughs> like, I am hypothetically I, you, angry. So you had every opportunity in the world. So what that tells me is you're just a shit starter. All that you want to do is you want to start shit and you want to make everybody else as unhappy as you are. You know, you are at, at heart probably a very pessimistic shitbag person and you just want to get everybody all riled up. Well, pick your battles, first of all. If, if per diem on a three-month tour is going to be the thing that you decide to unionize over, your priorities are out of whack because we got a lot bigger fucking problems going on. <laughs> Way bigger problems. Um. Uh, you I mean, are not I, negotiating I, with this terrorist here. No, no, this terrorist is pissing me off because what he's going to do is he's going to take over the entire morale of my tour. And I work really, really hard to make the morale on my tour look good and feel good. And like I said, if that's what you think that you're going to unionize over is a per diem rate, what you're doing at that point is pandering. You're, you're mm -hmm. pandering at things that you think that like the the weaker group on this tour can cling to. And I mean, it's incredibly representative of a lot of things in the world right now, which I won't even get into. Um, I have been on tours, however, that like, you know, you've got old school, you know, band guys that have been in the band for considerably longer than somebody else. And they're making a different per diem rate, but you know mm -hmm. what? They negotiated that. Mm -hmm. They negotiated that when they cut their deal on day one. And, you know, on, on my tours also, I do have that across the board. Every crew guy, every one that is not on the band level and up gets the same amount of per diem. There is no, like, you know, maybe the lighting guys get this because they get it through their vendors. Like, I make it a point to talk to those vendors and make sure that everyone is getting the same amount so that okay. there isn't a disparity between those things. Um, and it also pisses me off because it's just so fucking uncouth to talk about money. Like, I hate, first of all, I hate the money discussion with anybody in the first place. But, like, be, be man or woman enough to talk about it when you're getting hired for the gig. Don't fucking talk about it later. Because you're unhappy if you found out that, you know, whoever, whatever is making a hundred more dollars a week than you. Like... Ask for what you're worth. Mm -hmm. Know what you're worth. And don't take less than that. Okay. That's my thoughts. And fuck that terrorist. <laughs> Chad, I think I, I went out of, uh, out of order, but uh, I think that one should Whatever. have been first. But uh, let's go now on this one. The, uh, I, I will say. with terrorists? No, no, I don't. Uh, and uh, I think you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. 
Yeah, um, but no, I will say I didn't think of doing the end, you know, bringing up the NDA thing. That 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 I'll keep in my my back pocket for for yeah. use at some point. I didn't even think to do that because I, you know, much like all of us, I don't hold the NDAs. I sign them. I, I sign mine. I hand it back to the tour manager. You do know, you so, read them? No, generally, I honestly don't. You know, but but mostly because I know I'm not going to say anything that would violate an NDA. You know, exactly. like. Yep. I, it would be a, you'd be hard pressed to get me to actually yeah. violate an NDA, uh, yeah. at least you know willingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, no, I think uh, you know I'm, at, at that point if somebody does that, it's more or less my personal goal to see them off the tour. You know, it's it, it may take a long time, it may take six months, it may take a year, who knows? But sooner or later, you know, that person won't be there if I can help it. Yeah, I, I like Misty said that. The morale of a tour is almost everything. Yeah. If, if people start getting all pissy about 10 or 15 bucks, you know, and, and like she said, we, we all cut our own deals. You know, I mean, I'm sure I've cut crappy deals for myself at some time or another that I was like, oh, I think this is great. And then I get out there and I'm like, oh, I screwed myself on this one, didn't I? You know, like, but it's me. I did that. You know, I, I remember being called for a job one time and the, you know, the, the, the guy hiring is like, how much would you like? I was like, I'd like seven. He's like, okay. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. I screwed that up. Money like, was left on the table at that you point. You said, okay, before I even finished, whether that was hundred thousand or million. But yeah, no, uh, I, I, I'm very much the same. I, the, the, that person is a, a cancer to the tour. Okay. The moment he has mentioned something on Facebook, has he committed libel or slander in that regard he's saying the truth I don't, but he's I don't definitely know. over speaking his, his 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 bounds it would no, be a violation of the NDA. Standard, but yeah okay. it's definitely violating his nda yeah. like i said uh, all ndas now do have clauses into them about that you're their social media clauses essentially okay. you're, you're not allowed to <laughs> speak ill of the artist or the tour that you're on on social media okay it's very simple and I have had to have those conversations with a few people before. For me, I've only recently made it to the level where I'm signing NDAs. The majority really? of my industry has been NDA lists. Wow. I've, I mean, I've had them even with small artists. Me too. Yeah. 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 I, I, like, I can't think like since probably 2005 or six was yeah. the last time I worked for an artist that didn't have some, I mean, I've read a couple of these NDAs that are like a paragraph long and you're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not a lawyer and I could destroy this thing in court. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there are also some that are two or three pages long. And like I, I said, I, say, my, my first NDA that I signed was probably like 2007 and it was, you know, a half a page. And the ones that I handed out on my last tour were four pages long. So. And I would I would not read a single word of them. Where do I sign? Cool, I'm, just, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, pray, pray that you're not asking me for money personally somewhere in there. <laughs> it will be if you open your mouth on social media. Fair enough. <laughs> it's generally I think that the the going like we can sue you for is a hundred thousand dollars per occurrence. Wow. Yeah. And that includes like, hey, the show last night was a pile of shit, and uh, I didn't, I blew a that, cue, and it sucked. I, I, I don't. It gets kind of murky because yeah. you're talking about the actual technical aspects of it, okay. not the financial ins and outs or the artists themselves. Like yeah. that scenario you just gave, you're giving your own personal uh, part in that. 
Like, oh, I did a really okay. shitty job last night and I fucking yeah. fucked up my cues. Okay. So that you're taking the personal responsibility on you and not pushing it off on the people running the tour. Okay. As soon as it mentions financial interests of the band, though, oh, you're, you're, you're past the gray yeah, area. And I think as soon as you're not taking ownership of your part in it, okay, you're pushing off that ownership onto the people that, as you put it before, Got are it. up in the food chain. Yeah. Got it. All right. I think that we've pushed this one on the side of we both, everybody agrees that you do not talk about pay in, in person or on on social media right on moving on to the next one and i will definitely go to you first on this one chad <laughs> a local stagehand in boston has taken a picture of the backstage pass and sent it out on her facebook instagram and other social media platforms your artist has a known stalker in the boston area and, and has found out about the posts your artist wants to cancel the show but the promoter refuses to cancel the show over such a trivial matter. What are your options in this case, Chad? I'm not going to lie. This is so above my pay grade. It goes straight to the agent. Like, uh, that's, Send this I'm, one up the ladder. I'm not, that's, yeah, that's something that is way above my pay grade. I mean, yeah, I could technically cancel the show, but I'm sure there would be repercussions on me later for doing that. Okay. Um, even though the artist himself or herself said cancel, uh, it's still a decision that's above my pay grade. Uh, so this it one go, gets kicked over to the lawyers. It's that big. It, yeah, it goes. I mean, it would go like if Misty was a tour manager, it would go to her. I'd be like, hey, here's what's going on. Let's get management. Let's get the agent. You know, that's that's not something that you know I'm I'm messing around with at all. Okay. And if you see the stagehand through the halls do you have a discussion uh there were definitely yes i would definitely probably even before it went anywhere i'd probably try and have a discussion with the stagehand about hey you know this is you know you're putting a lot of people's lives at risk potentially you know okay. i mean <clears throat> in this day and age especially with, with with the nutty stuff that's gone on in manchester and vegas uh, and stuff like that and then go back to the al rosa villa with with the the dime bag uh and uh damage plan stuff mm-hmm. you know I mean, granted, none of those had, none of them had credentials, you know, and that doesn't really play into this, but somebody that, that that's that crazy could easily get a credential and come in. I mean, our security is moderately lax in our industry to begin with for, for what we deal with, mm-hmm. you know, so it wouldn't take much for someone to bluff their way in with a photocopy pass. Okay. So let's say the show does go on. Do you get to, do you increase security? Oh, yeah. Do you have a long discussion with everybody? Oh, there'd involved? be, yeah, there would be, I mean, the security bill would be outrageous that night. I could guarantee that. Okay. So uh, in this regard, you kind of kicked it up to Misty on this one. Misty, <laughs> same, of, yeah. <laughs> same situation. Do you kick it up your ladder too? Um, well, I've actually, I've had a couple of situations very similar to this. Um, I had one that was myself actually. I had fired a bus driver and he had put on his own personal Facebook um, because we were coming to his city uh, that he was going to come find me. And so had to deal with that. And then um, another tour that I did, we actually had a, a stalker that First of all, the stalker um, had two different homes, which was really creepy. One was outside of Detroit and one was outside of Denver. 
Um, and this stalker was very much of a, uh, I'm going, it wasn't necessarily I'm going to hurt the artist. It was, I'm going to hurt the crowd because the artist belongs to me. Um, and Holy crap. Yeah. Um, so yes, yes. And yes. I mean, essentially we got everyone possible involved. It was managers, everyone, building operations, all, you know, our security, their security, the other artists security, any security that we could pull in from anywhere. We had the local police in both cities. We sent people, um, they actually ended up sending people out to this person's house to do wellness checks as a, maybe we can catch this person in the process of doing something else and take them into custody beforehand. My artist was very, <clears throat> it, I mean, it's a good feeling in retrospect, had a lot of trust in all of us. And it okay. didn't get to the point of, I don't want to do a show. It got to the point of, I need you guys to tell me that this, this, and this are happening before I get on the plane to come to the show today. And, you know, very intelligent, um, which, you know, made the situation probably a little bit easier. Um, I do understand that the artist doesn't want to do the show and the promoter says, no, you have to, because it's fairly trivial. Um, I think at that point also there needs to be a conversation with the promoter about exactly what Chad said, all of those scenarios where people didn't have copies of passes, you know, mm -hmm. the guy that did the Manchester bombing had no copy of a pass. Paris, they didn't have copies of passes. Mm -hmm. there, there was no pass. You know, they had guns, bombs. Um, the world that we are living in today looks very different. And I, that's not something that I mess with. Like if, if there's an instant that it is going to put anybody, whether it's the artist, the crowd, I don't care in harm, I'm going to call every reserve that I have, you know, okay. the managers, agents, whoever, you know, whoever it needs to be. And, you know, like Chad said, it, that does go a little bit above my head and I'm going to let those people make that decision. You know, my okay. job is to communicate with the artist and let them know what we're doing on our end of things. And, okay. um, you know, if an artist decides they're not going to play a show, then an artist has decided they're not going to play a show. <laughs> you know, I have had that scenario of trying to talk them back into it. And if they don't want to, they're not going to. So, right. You know, I mean, like I said, the, the artist that I was dealing with at that point was was very educated, very smart. And so it made the situation a little bit easier. But okay. um, I'm, I'm with Chad. You kick that up the ladder and let those conversations happen because there are legalities there that even I don't understand. Like I can sit and look at deal memos and show contracts as much as I want. I, I understand certain amounts of cancellation and insurance, but not not to that degree. Okay. So it sounds like you still default to the show must go on, but we're going to do it as responsibly and as safely as possible. Uh, you know, I mean, it definitely has brought, the last couple of years have brought exactly what Chad said. You know, our, our security teams haven't always been on par as on par as we needed them to be. And I think that, you know, the last few years have forced a lot of them to step up and I, you know, I, I make my security guys, they, they've got a packet of stuff that I want before the tour even starts. You know, I want to know 
What do your daily security briefs look like? What, what's the first thing you do when you walk in the building? Are you taking the walk to figure out what, where the emergency exits are first thing when we walk in? Cause if you're not, then I need to, <laughs> you know, and it's, there's just a whole different set of things to look at now. You know, what, what is your active shooter drill? What does that look like? What, you know, are we going to have one of those on tour? What, where do, where do your emergency exit plans go? Where are you hanging them up every day? You know, mm -hmm. like it, it looks very different and we're asking a lot more of them now. And we're yeah. expecting them to also, you know, coordinate all of that with all the locals just as well and demand that same level of, you know, knowledge out of them. For a long time, security, they look like they're not doing anything most of the time and a lot of people get complacent, but it's yeah. the one time that they're really working that they, they're, they're going to save lives. Absolutely. In, Absolutely. Having just done the little things that require the forethought and the, the, the yep. pre-thinking. Absolutely. Okay, cool. It sounds like uh, we're kicking this one up as best we can here. And uh, we're going to rely on, on everybody available. The people that get paid more money than me can make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to switch it up a little bit from things that we have lots of control over to things that we have very little control of. And we're going to throw this one to Misty first. Uh -oh. <laughs> Possibly high on drugs during the show. Your artist goes to front of house and starts pestering the front of house crew. He grabs the grandmaster on the sound console. He <laughs> knocks over a monitor and even spits at the lighting guys. He does not apologize or even bring it up after the show. Oh. After you bring it up, he tells you to laugh it off as part of the show it's like, hey, I'm just trying to create emotion and shock. Without warning, he does the same thing a week later to the stage left monitor tech. In this case, what are your options? My options to quit. I mean, to be honest with you, if you sit down with someone and you have a conversation, you just spit at someone. <laughs> you just spit on them. Like... If you want to, if you want to make your way through the barricade out to front of house and like stand up on the front of house guy's chair, that's one thing mm -hmm. you want to go out there and you want to do that. And you want to spill shit all over the board. That's making your sound work. And then you want to spit on someone. That's a different level. Like if you, you're not a decent enough human being to understand that spitting at someone is unacceptable then we're not in alignment. All right. You know, if you don't want to have that conversation and you go, oh, it's just for shock. You can do a lot of other things for shock. <laughs> no, drop, drop your drawers. There's shock. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's a hundred things that you can do for shock value. You know, if we're talking a Marilyn Manson at this point, that that kind of behavior <laughs> is the norm. I don't want to work for that person. Like, that's that's not in alignment with what my actual values are in the first place. I okay. I understand shock rock. I get it. And you know what? There are people out there that will do it, that will get paid to do it and put up with it. I'm not one of them. And I hope that that lighting guy's not one of them that got spit on or the mm -hmm. monitor person. You know, it's... I, Again, I will refer to, I'm, I'm tired of us living in this mentality that we're the wild, wild west and we can get away with whatever the fuck we want, whatever we want. People are human beings and no one deserves to be spit on. I don't care if it's during a show and it's for shock value or not. This might be a person. 
this might be one of those places where liberal libertarian agree where it sounds like you were cool with everything the artist did no matter how disrespectful until he spit and yeah caused something upon the other person the knocking over the <laughs> monitor the granting the yeah. dropping your if pants you do run it out the front of house and and stand on don't please don't stand on the board okay <laughs> please don't stand on the board but I've seen that too, you know? I mean, they think that the road case that the board's sitting on, oh, that's completely stable. Um, you know, I feel like equipment can be replaced. Mm -hmm. Equipment can be fixed. People can't be fixed that easy. And people mm -hmm. aren't going to forget that, that, you know? 10 years from now, there, everybody has that thing in their head, that, that moment in their career that something happened that somebody humiliated them that's it right there that person's not gonna forget that oh remember when so-and-so spit in my face fuck that guy you know so it, you're you're starting to lead to you would uh, you'd consider quitting would you would you let him have it first like Say, hey you, you're a fucking asshole and and there still wasn't he still wasn't able to have an actual conversation to go oh you know what i maybe i kind of see your point then yeah, I think that, like I said, that's a point we're not in alignment with who we are as humans. Like, if he wants to write it off as shock value, cool, you can pay someone else to shock. Because <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to back that. You know, I, I feel like the last couple of years, without getting into politics, etc., have really made me redefine what I can put myself behind. And it's one of the things I think that I'm trying to really make a huge conscious effort when we come out of lockdown and our industry does start again is working for people that I believe in and working for people that also can acknowledge what it's like to be an evolving human being and that maybe they weren't always right, but maybe they can do things better and okay to be able to have that, con to sit down and have that conversation. And that, that can, they can actually take that as a learning point. You know, I never thought of it, Misty, that you're right, 15 years from now, that guy's gonna look back and that's gonna be the humiliation moment of his life. I'm, I'm really sorry I did that. Here's a learning point for me. Hmm. And those are the people that I wanna work for. So even in this situation, you wanna be on the right side of history and you're gonna be the one to let him have it and say, hey, so here's some shock, you need a new tour manager. I ain't scared. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm living in a world where I'm not getting a paycheck now, but, and I wasn't expecting that, mm -hmm. but you know what? I'm, I'm doing it. So guess what? If I need to quit a gig and not get that paycheck for a while more, guess what? I lived through it this time. Okay. I'll live through it again. You know, I, cool. I'm not going to sacrifice, I'm not going to keep going out on tours and sacrificing human decency anymore. Okay. Cool. So let's, uh, let's back it up just a little bit, Chad, before the spitting, he comes <laughs> out and he grabs your grandmaster. Cause you're at front of house. You're watching the show. You're doing the, the very best sound that's ever been done in the world. And he comes oh, out always. and he grabs your grandmaster and he's like, knocks your monitor over. He hasn't spit yet. Where? I mean, that's his show. I, I mean, I, I may personally be upset about it just because it ruined the good time I was having, mm -hmm. but uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't do any more than that. It would just be a personal like, ah, well, that's that's a bummer. That was really good up until then, you know? <laughs> Um But no, I mean, like to the point of what what are our options? Literally, Misty said it. Our option is quit. It's the artist. 
You know, okay. the artist will do what the artist wants to do. And, and for right or wrong, it's within their rights, I guess, to okay. do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know we, we don't have to agree with it. We can leave. We can have a conversation with them. Uh, I mm -hmm. probably wouldn't have a conversation. I'd probably just leave. My conversation would be, hey, uh, to management, hey, you know, this is what happened. I'm, I'm not sticking around. Uh, I'll, you know, if you need me to stay a week or whatever till you find somebody, depending on how pissed off I am, cool. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I, I don't think there's much you can really do. And I, I, Misty is much more of the teacher, much more of a teacher than I am. I, I'm more of like, hit it with a blunt instrument and see if, you know, <laughs> see if it starts to work. <clears throat> yeah, know. so you're going to go into the office and say, "Hey, he pulled down the grandmaster and it stayed there." So, uh I, I mean, I find somebody honestly, to lift it. No, honestly, I would put it back. You know, like okay. I said, that that would just bum me out. It wouldn't like it wouldn't like I wouldn't quit the tour for that. I'd be like, oh, "Okay. Well, you just ruined your show. That sucks." Oh, yeah, okay. It's back up now and I'll try and fix it and, you know, like all the rest of the stuff, the, the spitting is what would get me or 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 Got some it. sort of physical altercation, uh, you know, physical a, a physicality between him okay. or her and and one of the other people would bother me the rest of it it would bother me on a personal level okay but not on a professional level okay so definitely if you're still around by the second time he does it to the stage left monitor tech you're you're pretty close to packing your bags and buying uh, uh, uh having somebody buy you a flight just screwing around with the the gear or the spitting uh he did the spitting uh, it would have been at that that would have been the end after the spitting you're done Pretty much, yeah. I mean, okay. barring, barring something, some unforeseen circumstance that I'm like, uh, all right, fine. I, uh, uh, well, we can talk about it. We can figure it out. But just okay. on, the, on the surface of, of, of the question as posed, then yeah, that, that would be it. There, there wouldn't be a second time for me. That's just disrespectful. And you don't see any coming back from that when you're saying. Personally, you don't yeah. think he's, you're not uh, with the Misty. You don't think he's going to learn. You think he's just an asshole and you don't want to be around that asshole. I mean, he may learn. I, 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 like I said, I'm just not, I'm not a teacher. Cool. Uh, you know, especially not to the ones that are paying me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. So now let's get a little bit uh, larger on the macro scale and we're going to go to Chad on this one first. An usher accidentally left a door open and 800 people were able to rush into the GA floor at 5 p.m. during sound check. Let's say they cost they caught the last three songs or last one song because the, the artist really didn't like that there were people in sound check. The people on the floor refuse to leave because they have such a good spot up front. Doors open at 6.30 anyways and your band goes on at 8 p.m. Do you let them stay or do you let the or do you kick them out just to let them back in with their tickets at 6.30? And we'll, we'll kick that one up to Chad. All right. So again, it's 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 got multiple answers to it. Uh it's a tough one. Were 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 their tickets scanned and did they already go through security before they came down? No. All right, then the answer is easy. They get kicked out. Yeah. Bar no matter what, they get kicked out. It's an easy one. And my security team probably gets replaced for allowing it to happen. So because they snuck in before their Eight, tickets were valid. 800 people don't sneak in anywhere. Uh-uh. <laughs> One or two people? Okay, now, now that's something different. But 800 yeah. people? Nah. Okay. That, so in this a, case, it was, it was an usher breach. who left a, left a door open. And yeah. there was, there's, you know, there's 5,000 people outside waiting to get in. 800, 800 
they 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 get in what happens how do you mitigate that situation between five o'clock and six thirty yeah, I mean, if you have to hold doors, you have to hold doors. Uh, I think you you have to you have to evacuate the building. Okay, you have to get all those people out to get them properly scanned and properly searched. Again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Yeah, I mean, the the the, the Manchester bombing and all that. Imagine, I mean, granted, I don't think the Manchester bomber had any intent of actually going in the building. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I don't think he was uh, a fan. I, yeah, I, I don't really know. But uh, but something like that, where where there is some kind of loon that's you know hanging out, and, and it happens to be one of those 800 that gets in with a weapon or gets in with something worse. You okay. know, uh, you can't take that kind of risk. Everybody has to be sent out. Yeah. Okay. And if, and if it means if it means canceling an opening act. You know, and that's what it means. And if it means we could push past curfew, that's on the promoter. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, I, I, don't, I don't know if legally it would fall back on the promoter, but I would definitely push my agent to say, hey, this is a promoter expense. This no, is not. Definitely. Yeah. If so you're a, not opening doors until all those I'm not, people no, are out. I'm definitely not opening doors. Okay. Knowing full well that there is a possibility that they could just scan their tickets and come back in. Oh, I'm not saying those people can't come back in. I'm not saying they have to be thrown out and not allowed back in. I'm saying they have okay. to go out and enter the right way. Got it. Misty? I 100% agree with everything Chad just said. Okay. I absolutely, there is no way that we're going to open doors until those 800 people have been escorted out to where they came from and they come in properly. They need to okay. be searched. They need to have their tickets scanned. Um and who knows they may like it's 800 people they're surely not all just ga seats like they have actual seats good point yeah <laughs> yeah in somebody else's ga spot that paid for it yep. so no it needs to be done properly and i definitely am gonna retrace how that happened why okay you know, if that had to do with my security team not briefing something properly, then that's going to need to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. But Chad's also right. It is at that point, you know, if it's it's an usher, which is a house person, then that falls back on, on the local promoter to deal with that, you know, whatever happened. Mm -hmm. but whatever costs or refunds. Yeah. yeah, if it is a matter of us having to hold doors or we're going to go over curfew at that point, that's that doesn't fall on the artist side of it to pay any penalties. Um, you know, labor bills starting later, whatever. All of that's going to need to be worked out because that is, like I said, indeed, that's a local promoter issue to deal with. But all those 800 people are going back outside <laughs> one way or another. All right. You're getting the, you're getting some, some people and you're getting some a security team, whether they're on the shift or not, you're getting, you're going to bring in people to get those 800 people out. Well, there's going to be security on at that point, you know, okay. you're going to have your, your house security guys there at that point. There'll be enough, yeah, there'll be enough to escort them out. I mean, oh, and, 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 and let, nothing in no, okay. all honesty. And, yeah. and let's be honest. I would say of those 800 people, maybe five or 10 will actually cause a problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think we agree there. Yeah. The, the majority of them are just going to go, ah, oh, shit. Okay. I'll go back. Oh, out. man. And just yeah. follow each other out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Moving on to the next one. I think that one was, uh, I have seen that one happen. I've seen it at a festival. I've never seen it uh, in an arena, but I have seen a festival where a fence fell down and 800 people Ooh. came. And that's exactly what happened. They all got pushed back and they said, well, come on. Can't we just be here anyway? Like, no, you have to go back out, 
just to walk back in. But yes, that's what I've yeah. seen happen in yeah. the past. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd be very, I'd be very surprised if anyone answered that in any other way. Yeah. Uh, okay. At least anybody on the touring side, a local promoter, yeah. maybe they have a different view of it. I don't know. I, I'm not one, so I don't know. Okay. Right on. Moving on to the next one. And I'm going to start with Misty on this one. You work for a lesbian female artist that has been known to swear and expose her body parts during a show. The <laughs> Westbury Baptism oh, well. Church <laughs> has mounted a protest to your show and has blocked all entrances to the venue. They think this is very inappropriate and it doesn't belong in their town. Of course. They are on public streets and they have not threatened any violence. They refuse to move and have chained themselves to a barricade. They demand that you cancel the show and go on to the next town. What are your options as a tour manager in this situation? I'm going to get my security guys and I'm going to have them line up. And if they have to body surf my artist over those motherfuckers, we will. Um, I grew up in the land of Westboro Baptist. Um, there that's, I'm from Kansas and I've been dealing with the, those folks, um, <laughs> for a very long time. And, uh, they're not going to stop my artist. I mean, from my opinion, if, if my okay. artist at that point says, I don't feel safe, let's leave and let's move on. That's a different discussion to have. But if it's me figuring out a way to get my artist into the building, we're going to figure out a way to get my artist into the building. Um, if, if it's a public street and they're barricaded or they're chained to some kind of a barricade, mm -hmm okay, it's a public street, then I will, you know, advise my security guys to not hurt any of them, but maybe they need to move that barricade. Okay. They're blocking a public entrance into a building. You're calling the cops on them. I've done it before. <laughs> I was actually just, just telling a story the other day that they used to boycott a church in front of one of my old apartments every Saturday morning. And it was a point in my life I was hold very... On, hold on. The church would boycott a church? Well, it was a church that welcomed uh, gays. Okay. Very, they was, would protest the church, not boycott like, it. Well, like, yeah, so, right, right, yeah. 20, yeah. 20 years ago. Right, right. Um, and I drank a lot then. And so Saturday morning, all I wanted to do was wake up and go get McDonald's breakfast. And they were always blocking my driveway. And I used to call the cops on them every Saturday morning. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, that to me, that would be first first thing on the list is calling the cops because like I said, they are, whether it's a public street or not, they're still also blocking a public entrance. So okay. the building has some rights there as well. Mm -hmm. And I like to think that I have enough faith in my security team to be able to figure out that those people are not any different than if there are 600 people waiting outside by the bus after a show's over, there's a way. Mm -hmm. You know, if we can get our artist in and out of a building to get to the bus or the car, then we can figure out how to get them into a building. You know, it, it's just opposite. <laughs> um, Push yeah, from the shove. Misty's going to creep her bus right through <laughs> this crowd. Uh, I'm not scared to creep my bus through those creeps. I don't want to hurt anybody and I won't hurt anybody, but just as they have rights, so does my artist. Okay. And their rights don't supersede my artist right to to perform her art whether you agree with her or not whether you like her art i don't care if it's 
a lesbian that likes to flash her tits or if it's, you know, it could be Justin Timberlake. My artist has a right to perform their art. That's what okay. they're there for. So neither of those rights get to supersede the other. Okay. Chad? Chained or not. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, they absolutely have the right to peaceably protest and, you know, assemble outside, but they don't have the right to block entrance or exit to a building. So the, the cops would be called right away and, you know, there'd be involvement there. My security team as well would, you know, hopefully, you know, be on top of it. Hopefully they'd know about it even before it happened. If we'd have a, you know, some kind of contingency plan, they may or may not, but hopefully they would. Okay. And we'd have a contingency plan already, you know, I mean... I'm not sure what bring, bring them in a bread delivery truck. I don't know. Uh, you know, okay. something, but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, again, terrorism will not be tolerated. Okay. <laughs> Their well, right to protest does which not supersede any other right. money that could be made from that show. Or, or, or I mean, not <laughs> that, it, look at it that way. It, it doesn't like, supersede the right for someone to enter the building. Exactly. Exactly. Regardless of the show, I mean, okay. people should be able to enter that building no matter yeah. what, if it's open for the public. Yeah, it's, okay. a, it's a public entrance into a building. and They have a right to protest. You just don't have to listen to them. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I would like to think that my lesbian artist that likes to bear her body parts is going to hop off the bus and just start a verbal argument with them anyways. <laughs> I mean, it sounds <laughs> like that's what the kind of artist that I'm working for. So, you know, I mean... It, it, yeah, I, I am all for anyone having, you know, the ability to voice their, their opinion and use their rights in that manner. But that also does not mean that you get to stop someone else's rights as well. Absolutely. You have to, you have to coexist on that one. If you, okay. want, if you want the ability to be able to speak your mind, then you have to give someone else the ability to speak theirs. Sounds like you guys are both going straight through the protest line. You're not, uh, you're not tolerating that shit. No, nah, it's yeah. No, okay. My artist is playing a show that night. <laughs> right on. Assuming they must go to. on. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Next, uh, we are down. We got two left, and uh, it looks like we're having enough time to get to the bonus one. So, here goes. This one's for Chad to start with. During the second second opening band, a barricade broke, and forty people were injured badly at nine p.m. They are being taken off the floor in stretchers. It will take at least two hours to get everyone off the floor. Your headlining band is supposed to go on at 11 p.m. If they start late, there will be a curfew violation. They would start playing almost immediately after the last person is taking off, taken off in a stretcher. Would you encourage them to perform or not? Uh, well, first and foremost, you know, getting the, the injured people out and, and repairing the barricade to a point where a show could happen would be the first two things. Um, mm -hmm. If that can be done in a manner, in a safe manner first, and then in a timely enough manner, I'm not worried about the curfew. Again, this goes back on a local promoter or local building, uh, unless it's tour barricade. If it's our personal barricade, then I'm, I would assume it's on us. Um, okay. But if it's, if it's local barricade, that's a, that's a, local problem so to speak and it's you know any extra costs or whatever would have to come out of their side of it as far as i'm concerned okay uh, because it's their it's their equipment that failed if it's our equipment that failed uh obviously it's a different conversation now it's our stuff mm. um I, I would still encourage the artist to play 
if it's safe and if it's possible, uh, you know, what's the penalty for going over curfew? Uh, you know, is it a, a small fine? Is it a big fine? Uh, is it a fine at all? Is it something that, you know, because uh, sometimes you go over curfew and it's just, uh, oh, well, they'll pull our license or they won't let us have more shows or, or something like that. So okay. th th there's a lot of levels to that. Uh, does the artist play a reduced set? You know, do they play, instead of a two hour show, do they play a 90 minute show? Um, you know, so th there's a, a lot of levels and a lot of variables to that. But at the end of the day, uh, based on the question, the way it was worded, I would say it's promoter provided barricade. I'd say we, we give people out safely. We take care of the injured. We fix the barricade and the show goes on as planned when it happens. Okay. Yeah. I, I was not aware of to add that into the hypothetical part of it. I didn't realize that whose barricade it is matters, but it does. It really does matter who's at fault there because whoever's at fault has to clean that up. Right. It'd be their kind of, yeah, it'd be their mess. Okay. And in which case, if it's their mess, you're just sitting around, you're sitting back. You're obviously supporting getting everybody out. Oh yeah. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, you guys, you guys got a bad barricade and now look what, look what happened. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that would be my stance on it. Uh, obviously again, this would also <clears throat> much like some of the, I mean, there's several of these questions that would actually kick up to management and agent uh, as they happen. Okay. Uh, but the, what I, a lot of what I'm saying is what my first impression would be and what I would, mm -hmm. you know, my default would go to this. You're um, not legally bound to any of these uh, hypothetical situations. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, especially with the barricade breaking, you know, there'd be a call to management and agent immediately, you know, just to let them know what happened, especially with injuries. Cause you know, in, in this day and age injuries equal lawsuits. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's bound to be some legal runoff from that, whether ultimately hits the artist or not, uh, who knows, but there, there'll definitely be some, some stuff coming up. Okay. Misty, does that sound about right? It does. Um, my process, I think would be a little bit different. <clears throat> my first question, I mean, obviously, like Chad said, I would instantly call management agent, let them know the situation. Um, my second question is how badly were people hurt? Mm-hmm. You know, this nobody died. Uh, that would have been too depressing for me to even hypo <laughs> hypotheticalize. Well, I mean, uh, they were they were hurt I, badly. I, I hate to say it, but just because they're being pulled out on a stretcher alive at that point doesn't mean that they're not going to die later. Um, I I would definitely want someone to give me a rundown of the severity okay. of the injuries because that's a conversation that you're going to have to have with the artist. Because if we're talking, uh, you know, maybe a sprained wrist and a broken nose, that's very different than somebody with a collapsed lung. Mm -hmm. um, and there are varying levels of empathy in your artist. You know, mm -hmm. there are some artists that wouldn't want to know at all what happened. And they go, okay, I don't want to know. I'm going to go out and I'm going to oh, do man. my show like I normally would. And then we're going to leave. And I'm going to pretend like I have blinders on. Then you have, you know, an artist like James, who there's no way in hell he would go out on stage after that. You know, he would go out and he would probably make a statement to the crowd and he would talk to them and be like, there are people injured and I'll come back, you know, we'll, we'll reschedule this or whatever, but this is a, this is a time to care about people. And yeah, that's not a not setting for a, for a concert, is it? You, what a solemn moment to right. like, yeah, look, like, people got hurt. I'm not yeah, going to do. Like the, yeah. The levels. Yeah, the, the level yeah, of singing about happy people here. Right. You know, I, I, I agree. That. Out when they just saw somebody have a rib sticking out of their chest. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree. I think the level of injuries, I, I'm, you know, is it mostly sprained wrists, sprained ankles, twisted knees, yeah. and then one person got seriously injured? Is it, you know, is it 10 people got seriously? Yeah, I mean, and then at the end of that, it's really up to the artist to a degree. It really to, is. Right? I think that, yeah, giving them the full picture of what's happening. And, you know, then exactly like Chad said, it falls into play, you know, is this our barricade? Is this the local barricade? You know, how how confident are we if it broke once that it's not yeah. going to break again? Okay. You know, I, I went through a couple of different shows um, in some pretty sketch places with Metallica back in my day that, you know, our our production manager put a total kibosh. We will not go on. If this is not fixed by 5 p.m., the band will not be here to sound check and we are not doing a show. Yep. Yeah, I've done so. that. I've done that with an artist before too in South America. We had a, we had a barricade that was, it was definitely not barricade. <laughs> no, well, it was, so, like I said, if it's going to break once, well, let's just say it's that yep. you're putting it back together properly the second time. Well, you know, and, 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 and have more people hurt. And, and, and let's be honest, how many venues have enough barricade in house to repair that? You know, uh, uh, if that many people got injured, that was a, a 10, 15 section. 10, 15 foot section of barricade that collapsed. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, a lot of venues may not have 10 or 15 feet of barricade to, to fix it with. Yeah. Right. And I mean, of course there are the, the financial ramifications of the fact that you loaded in a show and labor and blah, 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 blah. But it, it's not saying, Hey, we're going to cancel the show forever. Like you, you can say, Hey, we're going to reschedule this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe it's going to cost some more extra dollars and some more monies. You know what? The safety of people, and to be honest with you, the, the mental awareness of your artist to me seems like it's a little bit more important than that okay. you know, 20, 30 grand. Here's, here's an interesting <laughs> side <laughs> subject here. Are you in a position to avoid that information making it to your artist? If I'm told by a manager, that's a really yeah. rocky ethical fucking bridge that you're walking on there. Um, I mean, I think I, the artist is going to find out one way or the other. You know, like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It's not they like this. I mean, are, and I think 20, it all depends upon your relationship with your artist too and your management. Like I would have no problem saying to any management, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to lie. Okay. <coughs> yeah. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to find out. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't, don't ask me to compromise my yeah. own personal shit to, because they're going to find out. 15 minutes or half an hour of them not finding out is not gonna make a difference. Yeah. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna be looking at their fucking Twitter and all of their hashtags after the show's over on the bus and they're gonna pull all of it up the minute mm -hmm. that they're on their way out of there and they have their yeah. phone in there. They, they probably could be in the dressing room doing it at that point. But then you're left straight to their face. Dave Grohl, or if he had a rib sticking out, he would still do the show. Yep. But if one person in his audience had a rib, or if one person in his audience was hurt, he would cancel it immediately. Absolutely. So I mean, that's I mean, my that's my take. Look back at, at videos. You can look back at the Pearl Jam incident. At, at um, Skilda, right? Video of it, and there's video of Dick walking out on stage and and whispering in Eddie's ear, and them stopping the show. Okay. Like they're, you know, be decent human beings. I'll just keep falling back to that over and over. <laughs> So you're going to fall on the side of radical honesty here and you're going to be the one to go out in the middle of the show and say, Hey, fucking somebody's hurt. <laughs> Never know me to not fall on the side of radical honesty. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> 
for better or for worse, I have yeah. never known you it's, to not side on radical honesty. Definitely led to my peril at times. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I didn't realize how many layers that one was going to have there. There's a lot of layers there. That's, I, I applaud you guys. There's a lot to unpack. <laughs> I applaud you guys. These are the sort of questions that just never make it to the, to the lighting console. You know, it's, well, it's for good reason. You're not, you, you know, it's yeah. not your, you're not your job to have to worry about it. Nope. This is a, a, you're making a very sound argument for why it's not always the best idea to have people wear too many hats because I mean, if something like that happens, there's, there's so many layers involved there. And so, you know, I am, um, I have a really good example of it. Actually, probably knows the person I'm talking about very well. I, I, I think I think where you're going, I'm pretty. I I think I know the whole situation. I had a a tour that I was on not long ago, <laughs> where our it was an arena level tour, and our uh, production manager was also our front house. So we had a pretty massive issue on stage. I can't tell you exactly the technicalities of it, but I can tell you that. Um, some rigging was not working and there was a piece of set that could have potentially come down on stage. Um, and our production manager is out in front of house, you know, who is supposed to kind of be, you know, your, your shot caller in that scenario. And I remember running out when I heard the radio call from my office and running out towards the stage. And looking and I couldn't find a stage manager or a rigger to save my life. Um, and it so happened that they had run up to the bus for a minute, had to, you know, had to make those quick calls on my own without having the technical knowledge necessarily that, mm -hmm. you know, I needed to have um, of whether we pulled everyone off the stage in the middle of song or not, you know, who's the voice of God. And that is a very, very, good example of what happens when you have people wearing too many hats you know like it's a it's great in concept i'm going to be the production manager and i only have to go out to front of house for the show you know those two hours uh, you know somebody else can be setting up my board blah 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 whatever and i can still production manage the rest of the day except for what happens in the middle of a show when maybe i need my production manager and mm -hmm. Or maybe, you know, I won't even get into the discussion of why the fuck my stage manager just happened to be all the way upstairs and a block away on a bus during a show. We won't get along into with that the rigor. But yeah, that's it's a it's a valid thing that uh yeah. well, and, 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 and and I can kind of speak to this a little bit because that is my job with my current artist is front of house production. And it's a twelve, thirteen truck tour, so it's you know, upper middle size. Uh, lots of moving parts, lots of automation that the band is on, like they're physically on the automation. Mm -hmm. And we have had issues. And the, the way that I'm able to deal with it is the team that I have around me. You would have I, to. Well, that's the thing. So my stage manager could be a production manager for nearly any other band. The, the guy's awesome. So, and I know that while I'm at front of house, if there's an issue, he can deal with it. If there's not, if it's an issue you can't deal with, I'm obviously on common radio and I, my uh, audio tech will take over mixing while I go deal with whatever the issue is. 
but we had an issue with automation on the last leg where uh, a shackle was spun sideways. Uh, and when the artist was on the apparatus, the shackle decided to write itself. So wow. you're not talking, it's scary as shit, I would imagine being up in the air 30, 40, 60 feet. And I mean, you're not talking about a major drop. Uh, luckily, the whole thing was actually, well, luckily or unluckily, the whole thing was caught on video. So we could kind of measure how far the drop was. And the drop was, you know, the, the length of a shackle. It was, you know, three, three inches or whatever. But at 30 feet in the air or 40 feet in the air, being held on by a thin piece of wire, uh, I can't even fathom how fright. I, I don't like heights to begin with, so I can't even fathom how frightening it would have been for them. But that was a situation where, you know, my front of house job is no longer my job. Now this guy comes and stands here. Well, I deal with this problem and, and, and take care of that. So I, I think that both jobs can be done and can be done safely, assuming you have the right team in place to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and obviously, I mean, I, I know the situation you're talking about and I know at least one of the players, um, yeah. uh, the stage manager in that case, and I don't know what happened to him, but he should have been fired almost instantly for not being near the stage during the show. One yeah. would have thought. Well, yeah, and <laughs> we, we can get into what actually happened offline, but I heard, I, I, I know a lot about what happened. Uh, yeah, cause, yeah. Well, because sure. we, were, we were actually right behind you. Yeah. Uh, so we, I think we were, in, we were in that same venue like two days later. Yep. So. All so, right, yeah, sounds like we have some uh, conversations afterwards that, that we can get into. <laughs> Kind of the Let's get on of that to properly. Uh, so anyway, I just want to applaud both of you guys for the amount of things that just happen. Uh, the, the, the underside of the iceberg is amazing. So thank you guys for <laughs> dealing with all that. Uh, last one before the bonus one. And we'll, we'll toss this one up to Misty first. You roll into a smaller venue, 4,000 seat, and you have a small pyro package. The venue has fire certificates for all of their blacks, their, their drapes, but your pyro lead says they look forged. The local fire chief, who may or may not be a good old boy, signs off on the venue and says that they have, they always do pyro there. They do it all the time. The pyro says, the pyro lead says that he is uncomfortable about the situation and refuses to do the pyro that night in that venue. What are your options in this situation, Misty? Well, I'm not about to have another great white scenario. So, um, I mean, my, my instant thing is to grab those certificates. There's a phone number on them. Call. Okay. You know, confirm that they're real. Okay. And that, I mean, that should solve all of it. If you, at that point, can confirm with whoever it is that signed off on them whatever company, et cetera, et cetera, that they're not forged, then that solves the entire issue. Okay. If you can't, then that's a whole different thing. But if you can't, then they're signed off on by somebody who's not all that reputable because in that scenario, you should be able to reach someone fairly easily. Okay. Um, that to me, that one's a, a no brainer. If, okay. if for some reason that you cannot get a hold of someone to confirm the validity of them and your pyro lead says, no, I'm not comfortable, then you can still do a show and just not do pyro. No one's going to die if there's no fire. 
literally. least they won't die. From, at least, <laughs> like, well, figuratively at least they, and literally. <laughs> at least they won't die from that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, that your artist is not going to have the worst fuck show in the world just because they, there wasn't Pyra that night. You'll live. And if you think that it's a bad show, then it's one bad show out of however many. You'll get, you'll get over it. I mean, okay. We're not going to put people at risk in their safety just because you insist that we have to have Pyro. You've done shows without Pyro before. Shut up. <laughs> so you're airing 100% on the side of safety in this situation. You're not forcing anybody to do anything they're not comfortable doing. No, like I said, I think it's a really simple thing to confirm. Okay. You no, know, it should be a very simple thing to confirm. If it's not, then you've got a problem. Okay. Chad, on you, yeah. uh, same, uh, same? Are you... Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, uh, as far as, you know, as far as the way the question is posed, then I would err on the side of my pyro shooter says it's not safe, so it's not safe. Okay. Uh, I'm not a pyro expert. I understand a fair bit of it. You know, I, I've been around it for a, a lot of years, but I'm definitely nowhere near an expert in pyro. So if my okay. shooter says it's unsafe, I, I have to back him and is saying it's unsafe um but going deeper into it yeah yes if you call you know if you can guarantee that those certs are proper certs and they're current and they're signed by the right person that does bring in a new layer to it and now i have to have a conversation with a pirate shooter like hey these are legit certs you know okay. how do you feel now and you know and, and then at that point there's there, there can be some back and forth discussion about you know you know is, is it safe why do you still feel it's not safe if they're saying it's safe and these are actually legit certs and it's all it, the fire marshal signed off on it, the venue signed off on it, the certs are signed off on it. what, what are you, what is it that you're feeling is unsafe? You okay. Know? And ultimately I, I would have to bring it to my tour manager and then probably to my artist and say, here, here's the problem. Venue says it's safe. All the paperwork is legit. It says it's good. Pyroshooter says it's not safe. You know, what, what what do we want to do okay in in this case i have to i kind of want to go on even if the pyro lead even has a, a wild hunch like i feel like he has the right at any time to not shoot pyro regardless Absolutely. even if everything is in line yep but that's what i'm saying there have to be a discussion yeah. why 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 do you feel it's not safe even after all of these things have been proven to be you know accurate and true I would, I would have to default it even if he came to me and said, cause I don't fucking, I don't know. I just don't have a good feeling. Even then sure. I probably wouldn't fault him. I'd be like, I, no, no. I don't get it. I don't understand your decision. I, I wouldn't but, fault him either. No, I definitely okay. wouldn't fault him either. Okay. Yeah. But the discussion does have to go up the ladder at that nope. point. Yeah. Even if it's just like that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are people okay. that didn't die in plane crashes because they had a gut feeling that the plane was not going to be safe that day and they didn't get on the plane. They weren't yeah. mechanics. They were just a person who yep. said, nah, this doesn't feel right. I'm not going. Yep. Yeah. Cool. I think uh, for, for whatever reason, we're all on board with the, the weird gut feeling to be like, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know if I understand what you're saying, but if it's, <laughs> if it's you're the one putting your name on the line and it's your responsibility, I, you, uh, yep. you don't shoot those pyros. You yeah. Don't, yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm really glad that we, we did this. We have, uh, we got about 10 minutes to get to the bonus question, which is my favorite question. And I'm going to, I'm going to toss this one to Chad first. Do you guys say you're going to piss Chad off first, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> After a hundred days of isolation, you get a phone call to manage a presidential rally 
in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Part of the deal is that you cannot wear a mask and you have to sign a waiver absolving the production and the U.S. government of any harm. The rates of COVID are still on the rise in Tulsa. They offer to pay hazard rate, time and a half your normal rate, but refuse to pay for any healthcare costs. Chad, are you going to take that gig? Well, I've got health insurance, so the healthcare cost for me isn't as big a factor. Okay. Um, at my age and my lack of other outstanding issues, I, I would certainly think long and hard about taking it. You know? Okay. Uh, especially after being out of work for so long, I, I would, I would consider it. And, and now I, I'm not bringing any of the morality of who this is for or what this is for, uh, you know, just it being a, an event, you know, purely an event that I'm making one, at least one and a half times my normal rate. Mm -hmm. I don't know for, I'd have to have a conversation with my family okay. uh, first and foremost, but if I was single with no children, I would do it. Not being single, and Ooh, having children interesting layer yeah not being single and having children that's you know it, it's a discussion i would have to have with you know my family and, and and see what works out best for us younger reckless chad he's getting that money without a mask and he's going out the front of house to mix that show older reckless chad would probably do it because money but <laughs> but married parental chad he's thinking about not taking that gig I've got other, I've got other layers to consider. Got it. It's not just, it's not just me. So given today, June of 2020, you're kind of thinking you might not take that gig. I would, uh, uh, there would be a discussion. There okay. would definitely be a discussion. Uh, I, I wouldn't flat out turn it down, but I wouldn't flat out accept it either. All right. I, I know. I, I know. I'm sitting squarely in the middle of the fence on this, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it's just where I sit on this one. That like, uh, like, I'm not personally afraid of, of contracting COVID nineteen. Okay. But it, could it kill me? Of course it could. Okay. Uh, of course it could. Is it probable? The odds are against it. Okay. Could I contract it? The odds of contracting it are probably pretty high you know, under those circumstances. Right. But the odds of it harming me are considerably lower, which allows me to consider taking it. Okay. So when the NDA shows up, are you going to sign it? The NDA? For, uh, or the NDA and the contract, the waiver. You're oh, going to get two contracts, an NDA, and you're going to get a waiver that says, I absolve the government right. of any... If I chose to do it, then yes, I would, you know, if I, if I thought that was in my best interest to do it financially or otherwise, then yeah, I would, I would sign the stuff, of course. Okay. So that's the question. Are you taking it? I get, well, I mean, I can go upstairs and talk with my wife a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Are <and see>. you <laughs> Hypothetically, I talked to your wife and she says no. No, no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a family decision. If it's not, I mean, I mean, and my daughter's old enough to have, you know, at least a, a voice in the conversation as well. Okay. I hypothetically talked to your daughter too. And she says, yes, <laughs> the wife still rules. I, I, I live with the, the wife for the rest of my life. The, the daughter's going to move out at some point. <laughs> okay. That's a good point. <laughs> All right. 
And Misty, same same hypothetical tough situation. A hundred days of no income. You've just been offered time and a half to not wear a mask. You're putting your safety versus paycheck in this situation. I am not going to take the gig, but not for the safety versus paycheck logic. Um, I am not going to take the gig because there will be another gig after that, that I'm going to expect people to do things the safe way. And I'm not going to be a hypocrite and come onto a tour and have that conversation with a stage manager who doesn't want to wear a mask and, and be like, no, you have to. When a month before that, I went and did the exact opposite. Okay. So I'm, I guess mine, my answer is more long game of, to me, perception and is very, very important as well as hypocrisy and not being a hypocrite. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not going to go on to a tour a couple months from now and ask people to do things in a safe manner so that nobody gets sick when, like I said, two, a month ago, I went and did some stupid rally just so I could get a paycheck. Cool. So you, uh, you're doing it, you're turning down the gig to save face in the long I'm run. Turning down the gig because I'm going to, I'm in charge of people that I expect to do things properly. Okay. And I want them to have the, the knowledge that I also abide by those rules. Man, that, so that in, in both cases here, they're going without a, a production coordinator or a TM at this situation because given the current circumstances. Yeah. Uh, they're yeah. going to have to look for 20-year-old Chad somewhere. <laughs> they're going to have to get in their DeLorean and find 20-year-old Chad to take this gig. There are a thousand 20-year-old Chads. <laughs> but you know what? You get what you pay for. So you'll, you'll pay for 20-year-old Chad instead of this Chad who mm-hmm. would have killed it had you allowed him to do things properly the way he wanted to do them. Uh, in both cases, I'm really surprised that the the politics, uh, the the message of the of the rally didn't even come up. You you did not say who it was. I understand. Yeah. And yet, I, I, based on that solely, my answer is absolutely fucking not. <laughs> However, <laughs> I However. do. You're right. I did not add that into the hypothetical part. But yeah, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Cool. Um, yeah. I am surprised at this. I think this turned out very well. I think we've uh, yeah. kind of gone over all the circumstances. And I, and I definitely think we've done a very good job of highlighting some of the stuff that you guys have to deal with on a daily basis. Like, yes, I took these to the extreme, but these are not uncommon situations. Yeah, I mean, all, a lot of these things are very similar to, think, to questions that you've had to answer in a, on a on yeah. daily these aren't, yeah, these aren't really extreme. Almost all of these I've heard of something similar happening at one point or another. Yeah. Yep, and not all of these are hypothetical. They were just <laughs> thinly veiled. There, there's a couple that I, I haven't been part of, but I definitely know who was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right on. Well, I, this is the longest one I've had. And I, I feel like I could, if I had 10 more hypothetical situations, I could do <laughs> 10 more and still be interested in this podcast. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I've had fun. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Chris. Yeah.